What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. What is up, Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman? How are you doing? Man, I am I am fantastic, and I'll tell you why. Because it's been warmer here than basically anywhere uh, east of us in the entire United States, with the exception of Florida. Uh, uh, they, they've they've still been like in their seventies, but um, we we had a little bit of snow, so we got to see the snow without things like you know freezing water pipes and uh, power loss. And all that. So it's been good. Uh, we, we've, we've survived our second snowstorm of the of the season, uh, which yeah, is unusual. That's that's a big deal for you guys. This is the first day that your people that are walking around in parkas are actually <laughs> yes. normal. Well, and and keep in mind, I mean, our first snowstorm uh, that, that we had kind of of this season was in October. It was the week before Halloween. And uh, then Halloween was 80 degrees. And so that, that's just the way, you know, in true 2020, 2021 fashion, this is how things. Well, we can't blame the October one on my Corvette. We can totally blame true. this yes. one on the Corvette. Yes, because, because after you got rid of your four wheel drive truck, then you get dumped yes. on. <laughs> because before then I had this big four wheel drive truck could go anywhere. Never really needed to. Like I, I never had to really use it. I, I think used it once when I needed to. Everything else was uh, me just for fun, yeah, mudding <laughs> on the mountains up here, and uh, so had a blast with it. But I got rid of it after really about four years of no snow. And like two days after I get it, we got like six inches of snow. And then this past Sunday, we had to cancel. I, I can't remember if y'all did or not, but we canceled because the snow wasn't supposed to get here until like one or two in the afternoon. But then, um, when I woke up, we had about six or seven inches on the ground and it was still coming down almost wide out uh, conditions because of the wind. And so some would call it a blizzard. I just thought, I mean, it's windy. So anyway, we had that and we decided to shut down. And so I recorded something. Our dogs were inside because it was like three degrees and my wife was really worried about them and their little fully enclosed shed with a heat lamp. Anyway, she wanted them inside. And so the dogs were whining and barking because I was up. So I went outside and recorded my sermon and uh, got that up. And uh, it was a good day. We ended up, you know, playing all day, the girls and I, uh, making snowmen and uh, sledding down the neighbor's little uh, driveway. Um, I broke a sled that, you know, like normal. Nice. That's time. fun. And uh, so, so we did that. And, uh, but yeah. It was it was a fun time, but it also is a reminder of what we're going to talk about today, and that is being a resourceful generalist. Yes, I did very well at being a resourceful, generous generalist on Sunday with, you know, pulling up the the sermon, getting all of that up, all of that kind of stuff. However, if I wasn't here or if I was out of town, 
because it was all falling on me, there would have been ultimately nothing up. And so what we're going to talk about today is not only the need to be a resourceful general generalist, but also being able to pass those things on. Uh, because in some sense, we, we've talked about being a intentional interim at our churches. You know, we, we are working ourselves ultimately out of a job, whether that is five years, 10 years, 20 years, or whatever it might be. But ultimately, we're trying to pass on and delegate and raise up new leaders and all of that. And so some of these things like Sunday that would have fell completely on my shoulder had I also encouraged other people or, or those that would be able to do a Bible study online or a Zoom Bible study, we could have still gone on even without me. And so, Kyle, you talked about your son does y'all's live stream. Yeah. Uh, and, and I know obviously there would be others that are able to do so too. Uh, but you guys are gone. Y'all, y'all leave or, you know, your, your wife needs to go to Albuquerque because her family is sick or something. And y'all just hit the road. What continues at First Baptist Alamogordo today if you left and all things are left undone? Yeah, so, I mean, most, most everything would, would go on like normal, right? I mean, I'm, I think I'm, I've, I've worked the last couple of years to lessen the number of things that rely solely on me, right? So, in the early days... Um, I mean, I was, I was teaching a Sunday school class. I was playing in the worship team. I, um, I mean, there, there was so much that, that was me on, on Sunday mornings. And, uh, so one of the things we'll talk about in, in the world of replanting and revitalization is and when we say being a resourceful generalist, we mean you, you need to be able to do whatever needs to be done. Right. So that means, I mean, if, if you want to start a Sunday school teacher and you don't have any uh, people that you feel comfortable just, you know, kind of setting out to, to teach that, um, then you, you do it, you teach it, right? You start it, you teach it. Um, you know, if, if, if you're there during the week and there is a toilet that's constantly running, then it's up to you to go to the hardware store and fix it, right? Or, or to find someone in the church who can do that. Um, and so, I mean, when we say resourceful generalist, that's what we mean. I mean, you, you do whatever needs to be done. You, you will learn, if you don't know how to do it, you learn how to do it. The, the, the problem with that is a, a couple of things. First of all, like you said, it, it can be where you're the only person who knows what's really going on, right? And secondly, um, so, so that, that leads to exhaustion, right? That leads to, if, if you're not there, um, I mean, if you want to say, I mean, there can be catastrophic failures, right? If, if, like if nobody else knows how to turn on the, the, uh, the heat or the, or the air conditioner, that can be a big deal when, when Sunday morning rolls around. Um, but also, in addition to the exhaustion, sometimes as pastors, we are guilty of, I think, um, like we set things up so that we're the only ones that really know what, to, what goes on because we like the power and the control and the attention that, that we get when we pull something off like that, right? We can be, as, as human beings, we can really crave that kind of control over things, not, not in a malicious sense, but um, just as I, I've recognized some control freak um, tendencies in my own life where I know if I do it, I know it's going to get done. If I pass it off to somebody else, 
it might get done, right? Um, or it might not get done the way you want it to be done. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. It, it, yeah. It, which, which is why I'm not allowed to load the dishwasher in my house, right? Because, <laughs> because I've been told multiple times, I do not load it the correct way. So I'll, I'll wash all the dishes, put them in the sink, and then I'll, I'll, I'll you know, set, set Michelle up as much as possible and then let her actually do the, do the act of loading the dishwasher. <laughs> um, so, but but is, as you're dev- part of developing leaders is not just Sunday school teachers and worship leaders and all that, but it can be as simple as uh, having somebody that when a toilet breaks, you can call and say, hey, this just happened. Can you take care of it? Right. Because suddenly that that takes this burden off of you. And so one of the things that I've done through the years, maybe not quite as effectively as I as I could have, but and not as early as I should have. But I started handing things off. So the Sunday school class that I started um, a couple of years in, I handed that off and, and that was hard because I, that, that, those were my people, right? That was my Sunday school class. Um, and yet I, re- I recognized that on a Sunday morning, the, the, there came a time where I needed to be doing something else during the Sunday school hour rather than focusing on one class. And so I was able to hand that off playing in the praise team. I love it. Um, love playing the guitar. I love singing. Um, but, but I recognized in my own life, I needed to pull back from that so that I could spend some time greeting folks in the foyer beforehand and, and having my attention focused on the people in the, in the sanctuary rather than, hey, I've got to go grab my guitar and, and do that. Now, if, I know you still, you still play in your, in your praise team. If you don't have anybody else that can do it and you play the piano or the guitar, you do it. You, you do what needs to be done. Right. But it is good to ask, how can I hand these things off to someone else so that the, the ministry, the, the operation of Sunday morning, even ministry stuff during the week does not rely solely on me as the pastor. And I think one one thing that came to mind as you were talking is so, sometimes we just do it because it needs to be done. And so we forget as we do that over and over, especially during this COVID season, after now a year of this where, you know, whether it was the live stream stuff, if you were doing it maybe on Friday, you know, that was just me, um, where you're just doing it week in and week out, planning it, that kind of thing. You just forget that there are ways that you can bring people in. And I was thinking in terms of, you know, like the the stain up in the ceiling, you know, with, with one of the tiles that maybe got a little water damage or something. And, and if you see it week after week after week, you forget about it and you ultimately don't fix it. A visitor, though, is going to spot it right away. And so sometimes, you know, with revitalization, we talk about bringing in somebody else and just asking them to take note of, are the signs clear? Do you know where to go? Were were you greeted? All the stuff that we just assume is happening and is working. uh, You know, did you notice any lights out or stuff like that? that? That maybe another thing to do is as you come to church on Sunday or during the week, if you're doing other specific work, is just taking a note of quite literally everything you're doing, opening the door, turning on the heater, turning on the lights, you know, opening each of the Sunday school doors, uh, making sure the the bathrooms smell good. Like <laughs> these are some of the things that as I'm walking through the the church on Sunday morning at about eight or nine o'clock, I'm just I can take a mental note of each of these things that I'm doing, and then ultimately see how can I bring somebody else alongside of me for a while to do some of these things so that ultimately I would not have to do it. It wouldn't just rely on if for whatever reason I'm sick on Sunday, 
and I don't show up at eight o'clock to do it. And then at nine o'clock as the praise team starts showing up, uh, they unlock the door and it's ice cold in there, you know? And so there's little things like that, that you may not notice that you're doing mm -hmm. until you're gone. And then you hear all about it. <laughs> and so yeah. Yeah. You know, just whatever you do on a regular basis, just kind of make note and think which of these things, maybe not right away, but which of these things can I pass on to somebody else? Um, and, and some of it is going to be the easy stuff, you know, the opening of the doors, the turning on the lights, all that kind of stuff. Uh, for, for me, a big one, as you mentioned, the, the praise team, I enjoy playing the piano. It's, it doesn't really take me away from anything. The big thing that does take me away from people is setting up the camera and everything for our live stream. We now have capabilities to do that. So I'm not having to record on Friday. And so on the one hand, I'm really excited about freeing up about half of my day on Friday. On the other, I realize that by 1055, I have to shut myself off of everybody. I have to get down to the front. Ours is up on the front pew. I have to sit down, get it set up, start the live stream, make sure there's no typos and whatever I've written. And I start it. And then, you know, I, I have a minute or two at that point to, to walk around and talk but then I've got to be up on the stage and doing the welcome. And so one option perhaps for, for me is, you know, we, we talked before we came on making a dummy account for the deal. So maybe we could have a dedicated iPad or iPhone that can just be set up for those things and connected and they can start it, train somebody with how to do it, uh, what we expect, that kind of deal, or continue to do that, but delegate the welcome. I mean, why, why do I do the welcome? I mean, we've got 150 people in there and plenty of them are better speakers than I am. Why, why not have them do it or have a rotation of people that can do those things. And that way, once I get that thing set up, I'm not just rushing to say, you know, hi, 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 hi. And then jumping up on the stage, I could do that. And then, you know, visit a little bit, make sure our people have what they need and, and that kind of deal. And so that would be an encouragement I have is just think about what you do on a normal day during the week, a normal day on Sunday, and maybe make a list and then just brainstorm who, who are some other men or people that I can bring up and, and kind of train them to do these things. Because one, this goes to one of uh, Mark Clifton's deal about, you know, reaching young men. Uh, it's discipling them, it's training them, it's equipping them. You may find out that this person enjoys it and wants to do it and maybe does it even better than you do. Um, but as you're walking with them through those things, you're also getting to disciple them and encourage them and, and let them have a part of that ministry too. And with that, then you have more buy-in. It's not just, hey, come to the Matt show on Sunday or come to the Kyle show on Sunday. It is, we all have kind of taken a part to pull this together. And, uh, and so you have more buy-in and more people are excited about what's going on. Now with the resourceful general generalist, I can't even say that word today, resourceful generalist, uh, what, what's kind of that weird thing that you've had to do that when you signed <laughs> up to be a pastor and you went to Wayland Baptist, uh, Wayland Baptist College University. or whatever university, and I went Go to the up in Dallas, Texas, and ready to go and change the world as a pastor. What's that kind of first thing that you're like, I have to do this? This is weird. <laughs> like, what, what's yours? Um, so I, I have a couple of things. Like, I remember the very first uh, church that I served, I was a youth and music minister. And um, this was before iPads or anything like that. And so um, every week, 
I was um, either running, like making copies of music and then, you know, putting those in like 10 different stacks for our praise team or um, going through our files and pulling all that, that believe it or not, that was something I was not prepared for when I first got in there. Like I'd, I'd been a worship leader, right. And like, usually just me and my guitar. So I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I can, I can do this. And suddenly I'm, I'm drowning in paperwork, trying to get everybody's stuff together. Uh, the second church that I served as a, as a, uh, um, youth and music guy, I had a youth intern. And so, uh, usually one afternoon he and I would do that together. And I kind of roped him into <laughs> being my, <laughs> my, my, uh, my personal assistant in a lot of ways, but it was, it was a lot of fun for that. Uh, maybe the most unusual thing I've done, um, when, when we were up in Clayton, I had the uh, checkbook for the Ministerial Alliance Benevolence Fund. And so um, I got uh, all the transients. And so, I mean, the way we did it, we had one central fund with the Ministerial Alliance so that people wouldn't go and hit up the, you know, 10 different churches or whatever. And so that meant I was the guy that got the calls when anytime somebody went to one of the other churches or another organization in town, they knew call Kyle. And, uh, which was fine. We, I mean, it was, it was an active thing. We, we, we put lots of people in hotel rooms and all that. The, the most unusual thing that happened, I got a call one morning uh, from our, our local Greyhound station, the guy who ran that, the, the business where that was, was a, a member of our church. And uh, he called me and he said, um, we have a guy who has been stranded here by Greyhound. I went, what do you, what do you mean he's stranded here by Greyhound? So, well, the bus uh, stopped at the gas station and this guy went in to use the restroom and the bus left him. <laughs> um, we need to get him to Amarillo, which was two hours away. And uh, I mean, so I'm looking around in my office. And I go, okay. Um, I'm, I'm kind of caught up on stuff. Went, all right, I'll, I'll take him. So, so I drove over to our local bus station, picked this guy up and hit the road two hours to Amarillo to get, to drop him off at the main Greyhound station so he could catch his next bus out. Um, so the question everybody wants to know is, did you get them there by morning? <laughs> so, so I had to have them there by like one o'clock in the afternoon. So yes, I did. Cool. He made it. Um, <laughs> I am real by morning. God. Sorry. I, I was a little slow on that one. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, rivaling that a couple of years ago, I took a guy uh, about five hours. I mean, halfway across the state of New Mexico to a couple of court dates that he had. And he, he was here, he was a member of our church and, and had some, some stuff from his past that had kind of caught up with him. And he had to make a couple of court appearances um, on the eastern side of the state. And uh, so I got to, I, I took him over there. Uh, we left here both times, like at four o'clock in the morning. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was interesting. One, one afternoon, I just sat in, in my truck and had a couple of books and read and all and napped while he was in, <laughs> while he was in court. <laughs> I, I was trying to think as you were talking, if I really had unusual ones there there was some death notifications that yeah, were yeah. unusual uh there up here we've kind of joked about the 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 wide variety or, or maybe the creativity of the problems i've had we'll we'll put them that way um <laughs> put it put that way uh all all pastors counsel so you know i, I don't feel like in in some sense that uh, that falls under the the deal, but I've had some just wild uh, counseling sessions with folks uh, dealing with random stuff. Uh, but one that sticks out uh, on the uh, kind of heavy side 
is a, a member of the church I served that had tried to commit suicide, uh, was estranged from family, uh, which was one of the reasons that that probably happened. And uh, so family was not willing to ultimately be there for his survival or not survival. And uh, so I was in the, uh, the hospital really is kind of his, his only family for, uh, well, that, that entire evening. And then I went home for a little bit and then the rest of the next day, uh, that was one on the heavy side. Another one that was just like, what is going on is we have a female postmaster here and, uh, by herself in the office, of course, people drop off stuff, but, uh, you know, she's by herself and she shows up and, uh, there's, there's a guy in the post office rolled up in the mat and, uh, in Matt MAT, uh, yeah, and like, the, so, like the floor mat. Yeah. yeah not yeah. rolled up in me, but, uh, rolled up <laughs> in the floor mat, uh, just sleeping. And don't know if he was coming off drugs, coming off a night of drinking or just passing through, whatever. And so this this obviously got relayed to us and uh, so went and ultimately made sure he was able to to keep on moving, that she was OK and kind of hanging around and, and that, that kind of deal. And so that would be one. And as far as just doing stuff with our people, I think that's helpful uh, when you're out with your folks. So if you've got the you know, the, the guy in our case, that's got a ranch, you know, going out and working with them for a little bit. And so have been a rancher and I found out, uh, obviously his job is much harder than this, but the day that I went with him, we just drove around in the truck for an hour or so pressing a button to feed his, uh, his cow. And so I, of course, told everybody that I went out to feed cows when in reality, I went out to exercise my index finger. Um, <laughs> I know a lot more goes to raising cows than that, but I give him a hard time that he's got the cushiest job ever because he can just drive around and feed his cows. But, uh, so that's, that's part of it too. Uh, but yeah, those, that would probably be my most unique, um, fun or heavy, uh, experience as a generalist. Yeah, I've done some, I mean, one of the things about, about just ministry in general is you get to do just different, you get to experience some different things, right? I remember one, one church, I, I rode around with a guy who was a, a gas delivery man, a propane delivery. So I rode in his propane truck all morning long and had me sign like this big long waiver that basically says, you know, if something happens and the truck blows up, you're not going to sue, <laughs> you're not going to sue the company. Yeah. Um, I had a teenager that was the paper boy. And uh, so he would, he would get up at like three o'clock in the morning and go to the post office and, and do paper, got to ride with him. And I mean, just some interesting things. The, the one thing I was invited to do that I could not do was I was invited to out to a rancher's house one time to help cut and brand uh, their cattle. And uh, I had a conflict that morning, so I got to go and, and have lunch with them afterwards. But that's the, that's the one kind of experience I've never had that I was always kind of, kind of just a little curious about, you know, um, so that, yeah, but yeah, I mean, ministry is awesome. You get to do a lot of different stuff. You get to learn new skills that you didn't even know you needed. Right. Yeah. Like, like I didn't realize that, uh, like I said at the beginning, replacing the innards of a toilet would be a handy task to know <laughs> as a pastor. Uh, and yet I've done that multiple times. Um, uh, learned all about AV equipment and projectors and, Got a got a got a hydraulic lift and was thirty five feet up in the air re replacing a projector one time. So, lots of fun, right? 
Well, as as we wind down, I want to read uh, your last two paragraphs in an article about being a resourceful generalist and ultimately working yourself out of a job. Because you said part of leading a church back to health is getting others on board to serve in various capacities. This may look like raising up greeters and ushers. It may look like raising up men and women who can fix ceiling tiles and leaky toilet. But it will mean raising up Sunday school teachers and nursery workers. Don't buy the lie that a replanter has to be the one-man show for years and years on end. If you're new to replanting, commit yourself to two things immediately. First, commit yourself to doing whatever needs to be done and learning whatever skills are necessary to meet the needs within the church. And I would also add, and your community. A lot of times you're going to be that guy. Um, they they realize, hey, he has a he has a degree. He's from the big city. Uh, he, he can help us with this, you know, and, and you end up being the webmaster for the local community center or something like that. Uh, so so skills necessary to meet the needs within your church and your community. Secondly, commit yourself to identifying potential leaders you can train and then release to do the work of ministry in those areas. So you can increasingly focus on shepherding your people and proclaiming the word of God as pastor. Another way of saying, so you can just stay in your office all day and not be with people, right, Kyle? <laughs> not, not quite, not quite. <laughs> so that you can effectively shepherd your people. <laughs> yeah. So, well, guys, thank you for tuning in. I hope you were encouraged. If, if you're a pastor, a replanter, revitalizer, look for the areas in your church, your community that you can help meet. Uh, be ready to pass those on to other men and women to to do that work as well and, and encourage them. That's part of discipleship. And then also uh, come back on Tuesday. We'll have another episode of the Potluck Podcast. That has been going well. Uh, this past week, we had Ed Litton on that one, one of the SBC uh, president uh, candidates. And so there will be more of those to come and more episodes with them. But that's on Tuesday. And it'll be waiting for you Tuesday morning if you are subscribed to our channel. But until next time, Kyle, what do they need to do? Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day, and God bless. What's wrong with you people?